And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with Miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Honey Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the captivating Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Bill Quinn stars in Murder at Midnight from 1946. But first, it's Beat the Host. In order to beat the host, a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Trevor must correctly answer more true or false questions about Tina Turner than I. Lisa Wolf follows our moderator. Lisa, please say hello to Trevor. Yes, we have Trevor on the phone from St. Pete, Florida. Hi, Trevor. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? Hi, Trevor. I'm doing great, thank you. Hey, how are you doing? Trevor, well, you've buddy. got a voice for radio. Yes, he does. Oh, really? Thank you. Have yeah. you ever heard that before? <laughs> no. Really? Wow. No. Carl, yeah. move on over. I think Tre- Trevor's after right. our job. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor's got a good shot at your job right he about does. now. So we're going to be talking right. about Tina Turner, born Anna Mae Bullock. She was born November 26th of 1939. True. That is all true. Oh, and she passed okay. away May 24th at oh, the age of 83. So, sad. so we will celebrate her life today at Beat the Host, and we'll be doing some Name That Tune. But right okay. now, we've got true or false statements. The first one is for you, Trevor. Tina Turner's first solo album was Private Dancer. Is that true or false? True. Mm, I don't think so. It's I think it's false. false. Ah. His first solo oh. album was titled Tina Turns the Country On and is released in okay. 1974. Tina Turns the Country On? Yeah. Look, I didn't come huh. up with that title. Here's for Trevor. <gasps> Here's for Carl. Yeah, it's 1974. It's, it's early, so. though, Trevor. It's early. <laughs> All right. All right, cool. Carl. Yes? Tina Turner performed at the Super Bowl halftime show in 2000. Um, That sounds true. I'll say true. Okay. I'll say true, too. It is true. All right. That is true. There we go. Carl, you're getting a little better at this. It's I worrying me. I took my Prevagen All before right, let's, the show. Let, let's see what I can do That helps here. a lot. Trevor, Tina Turner collaborated with Snoop Dogg on the song, I Want to Love You. False. Um, I'm going to say true. Darn it. It's true. It's true. I just totally guessed. I know you did. I totally guessed on that. No, it was for his album, The Blue Carpet Treatment. Oh, wow. The, T-H-A, the blue carpet carpet treatment. The what? The, T-H-A. I don't know how you say T-H-A. Treatment? How do you say T-H-A? The? The. 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 Blue carpet treatment. All right. <laughs> Clearly, I don't have any swag here. Carl, yes. Tina Turner made a public appearance in 2019 
when she attended the opening night of the Broadway musical Tina, the Tina Turner musical. That sounds true. Okay. I would say true. False. Darn it. False. It's true. Man, oh, wow. I actually saw this Horrible. musical. I'm kicking some butt Not here, Not when Trevor. Tina was there. Here's for Trevor. <sighs> what are you kicking? I'm kicking some B-U-T-T. <laughs> you kind of are. But Trevor's <laughs> cool. He can handle it. He's having fun. Oh, he's, he's a good guy. Trevor, this one's for you. Tina right. Turner's autobiography is titled Finding Me by Tina Turner. True or false? False. I'll just say, I think it's false. It's false. Yeah. It was titled I, Tina. Like I, Tanya. But oh, I, like Tina. I, Tanya. I just I, That just came to me. Regina. Yeah. Yeah, I, Tina, I, Tanya. Carl, have you gotten them all correct? I think I did. This is not right. And, and you know what, Trevor? I didn't even have a nap Amazing. today. I didn't have a nap Trevor, today. Trevor, this never happens. I mean, I'm old. You must be his good nap. luck charm. <laughs> <laughs> must be. I'm worried I'm, I'm, worried I'm going to lose my job, Trevor. What's trying, he's uh, trying to get my job I over here. I would like that. <laughs> no, not me. Yes, you. No. Uh, Carl, this is the final question. Final question. Tina Turner This appeared. is worth. This is worth five points. This is worth ten. 10,000 points. Okay. Final final right. question. Yeah. Tina Turner appeared in the 1985 film Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome and played the role of anti-entity. True or false? Well, here's the thing with her, uh, Trevor. I'm just giving you a little, little tidbit. Lisa's <laughs> very, very sneaky. So I know she was in Thunderdome, but some of that other stuff is probably not true. So I'm going to say false. All right. I'm going to say True. You are the winner, Trevor. 10,000 right. points your way. It is true. Carl, you failed in the end. I really You did. are the winner. I, I tanked at the end. <laughs> you did. 10,000 points. Final question. Here's the deal. Hey, Trevor, you're fun. You're a fun guy to play the game with. And I like your voice. And you're not even a mushroom. Well, thank you. You're a fun I like guy. you guys, too. You guys are great. You're man. a fun guy, and you're not even a mushroom. He had to say it twice because you didn't laugh. (laughs) That's a two-time I'm going to send you uh, (laughs) some CDs, all right, buddy? So give Mike your address and uh, really and surely call back and play the game. You're a fun player. And thanks for being a winner. All right, right, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. When we come back, it's murder at midnight. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. 
And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right, it's time for Murder at Midnight. You know, there was a lot of horror shows, mystery and terror programs during the golden age of radio. Radio was perfect for that, you know? You'd get in bed, pull the covers up close, maybe light a candle, and listen to Lights Out or Inner Sanctum or Hall of Fantasy, Escape, Suspense. What's better than that? You know, you're just like listening to these creepy radio shows. Well, Murder at Midnight was uh, one of the best. It was a mystery horror series, and oftentimes, Lisa, there was a supernatural twist to uh, each episode. It was created by Lewis Cohen, produced in New York, and it was first heard on ABC Radio in 1946. Raymond Morgan, a former Long Island minister, left the cloth. He was like, I'm done with this, you know, this whole... uh, Oh, I feel like that all the time. (laughs) I'm done with this because radio is so much more exciting. He gave up the cloth for radio. He was the host of Murder at Midnight. It ran for six years in syndication, and it had all the best New York actors, Lon Clark, Barry Kroger, Raymond Edward Johnson, Lawson Zerby, Amy Amy Strickland. And it was produced by one of the best producer-directors of the era, Anton M. Leader, with uh, organ music by Charles Paul. And um, you will hear that creepy organ music on this show. Syndication, they figured out way back then that uh, you could record these shows, put them on 16-inch transcription discs, and then sell them to radio stations all across the country, as opposed to being on a network like you know NBC or ABC. There were some packagers uh, and syndicators back then, like Frederick Zib was one of the biggest, where they were just like, hey, we don't need to be on a network. Let's just let's just put this show together. Let's record these programs, and we can use them forever. We'll just send them out to the stations. and char- They would charge per market size. So you could maybe pay $10 for it, or you can pay $200 for it, depending on the size of the market. All right, it's time for Murder at Midnight now. This is called The Trigger Man from May 17, 1946. This stars Bill Quinn. Here's part one of Murder at Midnight. Murder at Midnight. Hey, you're dropping a chicken, huh? Hey, guys. Yeah, what, is... what do you know? Chicken's turning out to be a rooster all of a sudden. <laughs> Cock-a-doodle-doo. <laughs> Cock-a-doodle. In case anybody here is interested, from here on in, the name is just plain Charlie Nix. <laughs> in just a minute in Trigger Man. And now, Murder at Midnight. Tales of mystery and terror by radio's foremost mystery writers. 
Our story, written by Max Ehrlich, is different from any of the other tales you have heard in this program. Its mystery is not that of the supernatural, but of the unknown quantities in the human soul. And so, because it has suspense and complete credibility, we give you Trigger Man. Was that the door? No. No, not yet. Not that it matters. You can't get very far with a slug in your guts. But I can sit here. And when I come through that door, I'll show them what Chicken Charlie Nix can do with a gun. Sure. Maybe it'll be for the last time. But what can I lose now? Funny how it all comes back to you in the end. Just a year and a half ago that it all started. But I remember it like it was yesterday. I was standing back in the doorway waiting, waiting for some sucker to come along. It was down at the waterfront and it was plenty dark. I stood there, the rod cold in my hand, waiting. Finally, I heard footsteps. A man and a woman. I waited until they were almost opposite the doorway and then... Hey, buddy. Got a match? Why, yes, I think so. Never mind. Get your dukes up. Tell him he's got a gun. Oh, stick up, huh? Aren't you smart, sucker? Come on, reach. Get those hands up before I let you have it. Yeah. That's better. Okay, lady, let's begin with you. Oh, tell him I... Hand over that purse. Better do as he says, Ann. All right, tell him. Thanks, lady. Thanks very much. Okay, buddy, let's have your wallet. I said come across with your wallet. Not tonight, chicken. What do you mean? Hey, wait a minute. How come you know my name? It's my job to know it. And your face, too. The name's Riley. From headquarters. Tom Riley? Plain clothes. Yeah. Keep up those hands. Keep them up or I'll drill you. Oh, no, you won't, chicken. Tom. Not for a lot more than I've got in my wallet. Tom, what are you doing? He'll kill you. I don't think he will. Will you, chicken? Keep away from me, Flatfoot. Don't come a step near you, hear? Another step and I'll splatter you all over the sidewalk. You haven't got the nerve, chicken. You know it and I know it. Now, drop that gun. Keep away, keep away, do you hear? I ain't afraid to shoot. I'll tell you, I'll let you have it. Then what are you waiting for? That was for the gun, chicken. And this is for you. No. Hold me up. No, no, you yellow belly rat. Pull a gun on me, will you? Oh, Tom. It's okay, Ann. It's all over. We, you could have been killed walking straight into a hold-up man and knocking the gun out of his hand. Well, I knew he wouldn't shoot, Ann. You know, You knew? But how? His name is Charlie Nix. Chicken Charlie. Well, he... Oh, he carries a gun, yeah, but he's not a gunman. Because he's never used it and he never will. Just plain chicken-hearted. Yellow. That's why they call him chicken. Still, still, you took an awful chance, Tom. There's always the first time. <laughs> Not for chicken, Charlie. Well, then you see if you can find a phone, honey, and call headquarters okay. while I keep an eye on this yellow skunk here. Yeah, that's the way it was. I just didn't have the nerve to put the blast on anyone. Sometimes in my room, I'd put my gun on the table and just look at it. I'd keep thinking, 
If I only had the nerve, I'd be one of Angelo Dinelli's trigger men instead of his errand boy. The rest of the mob would respect me instead of slapping me around and calling me chicken. That's what got me more than anything else, the way they laughed and called me chicken. It wasn't that I didn't try. That time I held up Riley, I was going to let him have it. I wanted to, but I don't know, at the last minute I got all cold inside. My fingers got stiff and numb. And it cost me a year in a pen. The day after I got out, I was sitting in the Boulevard Cafe, having myself a beer, when in walked the boss, Angie Danelli. It's great having you back, chicken. Thanks, Angie. Thanks. By the way, I saw an old pal of yours the other day. Yeah? Who? Tom Riley. Riley, huh? Yeah, it's too bad you didn't knock him off that night, chicken. Yeah. But one of these days, Angie, I'm going to meet him, and then I'll... Oh, kid, I know how you feel. After all, when a guy takes your gun away and makes you look like a chump. Yeah, yeah, he made me look like a chump, all right. But I'm different now, Angie. That you're in a clink. Well, I, I got a different kind of nerve now. Wait and see. Sure, I'm, I'm gonna... sure. But take it easy, kid. There's plenty of time, plenty. You just got out of stir and you got yourself to worry about. What do you mean, Angie? I did my time, didn't I? I'm in a clear. Sure, chicken, sure. But if you ask me, the pen didn't do you any good. You, Well, you look kind of all in. You don't feel so good, do you? But... What makes you say that, Angie? Oh, I don't know. Your face ain't got any color and you're breathing hard all the time. Well, I... I, I feel okay. Sure. I ain't saying anything's wrong with you, chicken. But you never can tell until a good doc checks you over, huh? Yeah. Maybe you're right, Angie. Maybe... Maybe I ought to see a doctor, huh? Now you're talking sense, kid. Tell you what I'll do. I'll take you to my own doctor, Dr. Leonard. He's a big specialist, and he'll give you the once-over ride. Yeah, yeah, but he... He probably comes high, and Forget I just... it, chicken, forget it. I'll take care of it. Won't cost you a dime. Hey, that's pretty white on you, Angie. <laughs> Think nothing of it, kid. After all, you're one of my boys, ain't you? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. am. Well, if there's one thing Angie Donnelly does... It's to take care of his boys. A couple of days later, Angie Donnelly set up an appointment for me with this Dr. Leonard. I went to his office and he gave me a real checkup from soup to nuts. And when he got through, I... Well, I didn't like the look on his face. Sit down, Mr. Nix, and uh, let's talk. Doc, what's the matter? Did you find something wrong? Care for a cigarette? Never mind a stolen doc. Give it to me straight. Is it good or bad? I'm sorry, but it's bad. You mean my my chest? It isn't your chest. It's your heart. My my heart? What about it? Well, you've got a severe aneurysm there. A what? What's that mean? Yeah, it means that you've got a serious weakness of the heart muscle wall. Yeah, yeah, but how serious? I'm sorry, Mr. Nix, but you haven't got more than six months to live. Man, that could ruin your whole day, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That could ruin your whole day hearing that. Um, Yeah, this is a story called Trigger Man, uh, and it's heard on Murder at Midnight. May 17th, 1946 was the original broadcast date, but these were syndicated all across the country, so they aired different days, you know, on different stations. But um, we'll get back to this 
In just a moment, I do want to remind all of our listeners about our podcast, Radio Rarities. Please check it out. Just go to your website and Google Radio Rarities, right? Go to your website. Yeah, I mean, yeah, go to your computer and just uh, go to whatever search engine you use. Maybe it's Google, maybe it's Firefox, maybe it's Chrome, whatever. And uh, search Radio Rarities. What will pop up is a logo with Lisa's face on it and my face on it, right? Uh Uh-oh. Look out, right? That doesn't that doesn't turn you off. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be you'll be like, let's listen to this. I don't want to look at this logo That's anymore. Right. I let's can't just look. listen to this show. Um, but the uh we put a new one out. It's they're about forty minutes long every single week. And Carl Shadow does a tr- such a tremendous job of writing them. Mike produces it, Lisa and I are the co hosts, and we take these rare radio shows, like first episodes from a series or the last episode or a blooper program, or maybe a special guest star on a show, or an audition program where it didn't make it to the airwaves, so we play the audition. All kinds of fun stuff. And we break it all down, talk all about it, give you all kinds of background information, and then we play the show for you. On uh, what I, I'm glad I thought of this idea. I'm glad I thought of this Well, I'm glad I thought of the name of it. Yeah. No, no. No, I no. thought of the show, and I thought of the name. Thank you very much. Um, I think it was a collaborative effort. Was it? All right. It was. All right. It I'll... always is. But you know what? I, I just make you that much better. We, we, were like, let, we were like, let's come up with a podcast idea. We, we came did. up with this idea. Oh, no, you came up with a different idea that I shot down a few oh, times over. Oh, is that over. what it was? You shot it down? Not this one. But I remember calling you, like, it might have been 3 o'clock in the morning, and I was like, I got the name of it. Radio Rarities. And you're like, Carl, I'm sleeping. Go back to bed. <laughs> that sounds like me. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. Stick around. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Before we were so rudely interrupted by a commercial, we were talking about Radio Rarities. Anyway, Radio Rarities is free to listen to anywhere. Just go to your computer, go to your search engine, as I was uh, saying earlier, and um, search for Radio Rarities. And then listen, because uh, Lisa and I and Mike and Carl Shadow release one new episode each and every week about a rare radio show. And what's better to listen to than these classic radio shows? But you're right, Lisa. You know, we were talking about, we, I remember we were having a discussion. And I'm like, right? Yeah. like What am I right You about? are right. We were, we were talking about, let's, let's host a podcast. Yes. And I think at first I said, well, the, 
the podcasts that are the most listened to are like mystery. And you're like, yeah, but it's kind of well, because saturated, true, true right? crime podcasts are a dime a dozen right now. Yeah. And while they're very popular, there are so many of them. I said the market is saturated and it's very difficult to stand out. But here is an avenue that we really can stand out because there is nothing else like radio rarities, yeah. which is why we came up with it. Mostly me, but you helped. And so the way I see it is, if you are a fan of Hollywood 360, you will really appreciate Radio Rarities because while it's similar, it has a completely different take. The similarity is just that we play a radio show. What makes it very different and unique is that these are highly unusual radio shows. And these aren't radio shows you would hear on Hollywood 360 or anywhere else because they are so unique and we really educate you on them prior to listening to them. And so you really get a different viewpoint when you hear it than you do um, any other in any other venue. And the other difference between Radio Rarities and Hollywood 360 is that it's scripted. This show is uh, is completely ad libbed and live. We don't have a script. Where that show, we do have a script. Carl writes the script. Carl well, Shadow. There is a lot of historical information. Yeah. There's a lot of details that we have to get just right. Yeah. But it makes you really educated and it allows you to really listen to their radio show in a different light. Yeah. So check it out, folks. If you haven't heard it, um, please do. It is absolutely free to tune in anywhere podcasts are heard globally. So anywhere in the world you can hear the show. And as I said, every single week we release a new show. And I think there's about 45 mm-hmm. or so episodes out there to listen to. So if you haven't heard it, you have uh, a lot of listening to catch up on. Because once you release a podcast, it stays up there in perpetuity. So you can hear, you can go all the way back to episode one, right. which has Humphrey Bogart mm-hmm. on it in his uh, one and only episode of a series called The Humphrey Bogart Theater a show called Dead Man. That is the very first episode of Radio Rarities. But we've had all kinds of audition shows and blooper shows and just just fun stuff. So check it out, Radio Rarities. It's free, and we'd love you to tune it in. Speaking of tuning things in, we're listening to Murder at Midnight. This is called Trigger Man, and it stars Bill Quinn from May 17, 1946. Here's the conclusion to murder at midnight. Six months. Yeah, that's what he said. Six months to live. For a while I didn't get it. You don't get things like that right away. And then... Six months, and He gave me six months to live. Someday I'll be just walking along and maybe sleeping and... Then it'll... It'll come. It's tough, chicken. Plenty tough. Yeah. I know how you feel. Nobody knows how I feel. Except maybe a guy in a death house. Yeah, that's what it's like. Like knowing when you're going to burn, waiting for it. Take it easy, chicken. Yeah, have another drink, huh? Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Andy. You're, you're okay, okay. Maybe the doc was wrong. There's always a chance. No, no, Angie. Check me twice just to make sure. There ain't a thing I can do, not a thing except wait for it. Just sit around and wait to croak. Listen, kid... You've got six months to live. Okay. You know what I'd do if I had six months to live? What? What would you do? I'd live. Huh? Yeah, I'd spend all my time living. Champagne, dames, I'd have more. I'd do all the things I ever wanted to do but didn't have the nerve to do before. You see what I mean, kid? 
I'd live a lifetime in six months. Sure, sure, but that takes dough. You can get the dough? How? From me. Huh? Look, chicken. You always wanted to be a trigger man, didn't you? Yeah. Well, I'm hiring you right here and now. At 500 a week. 500? But, Edgy, you know I ain't got the nerve. Sure you have, but it's different now. You don't have to be afraid of a thing. Not a thing. Well, you can go around blasting guys like clay pigeons if you want to. But suppose the cops nail me. What do you care? Suppose they send you to the death house. You got nothing to lose anyway, have you? Your heart's bad, ain't it? You've only got a little while anyway, either way. That's right, Angie. That's right. What can I lose? Danelli was right. This was my chance. I packed a new gap and started to look for Riley. Riley, the dick who'd set me up. Yeah, he was going to be number one. You'll be coming along here any minute, kid. Yeah, yeah. This is it, chicken. There's Riley. There he is. No, chicken, not yet. Wait till he comes closer. Look, Angie, hey, I... The first one that comes hardest, kid. The rest are easy. <laughs> Look at him, pal. He knows from nothing. Take your beat on him. You can't miss. Okay, chicken, go ahead. Let him have it. Go ahead, blast him. You did it, you did it. Yeah, I, I guess I did. Flat on the sidewalk, colder than yesterday's hash. You did it, Charlie. Angie, I... I you... You just called me Charlie. Sure, kid, why not? You're not chicken anymore. Now, maybe we better get out of here. away up the street, leaving the body lying there in a pool of blood as the clock strikes 12 for murder at midnight. To Murder at Midnight, to the story of Trigger Man. Where are they anyway? Getting kind of anxious to see them. Even, even with a slug in my gut, I'll be able to give them quite a reception. Funny how a guy can change. How different it's all been since I put the blast on Riley. That was my first and the toughest one. After that, it was easy. There were plenty of guys in Angie Danelli's way, and I aimed to please. Whenever I watch one of them fold up with that funny expression on his face, why, well, kind of helped. It helped me to forget how it was with me. It was like a champagne drunk, but then the hangover would come, and I'd remember that I had less than six months to live myself. Yeah, I was a different guy, all right. Take what happened a couple of days after I got Riley. We was having a meeting up at the hideaway on a new job when a character named Bummy Devine started shooting his mouth off. Hey, chicken. Still carrying around that pop gun of yours? What did you call me? Chicken. Ain't that your name? The name is Charlie. 
Charlie Nix. <laughs> hey, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you know? Chicken's turning out to be a rooster all of a sudden. Cock-a-doodle-doo. <laughs> Cock-a-doodle-doo. In case anybody else here is interested, the name from here in is just plain Charlie Nix. <laughs> They didn't laugh after that. No one did again, ever. I was it. I took chances where no other trigger man would. Why not? What'd I have to lose? In a few months, I'd be through anyway. What was the difference? Meanwhile, I lived. I painted the town red, bought myself tailored suits, hit the clubs every night, the gambling joints. <laughs> and the dames, why had to fight them off? You can do a lot with 500 bucks a week. Sure, I was hot, plenty hot. The cops couldn't figure out at the beginning who was doing all the fancy gun work, but they were getting warm, and they were getting close. I had to watch myself. And then one night, they were knocking off a fur warehouse. I was in the lookout car out front when suddenly... Hey, Charlie, a prowl car. Yeah, come on, Mike. Let's get out of here. Hey, they're shooting at us. Tommy guns. Hang on, Charlie. Come right after us. Hold it steady, Mike. I'm going to try to nail a tire. Hey, Charlie. Charlie, what's the matter? Uh, I'm hit. Keep keep going, Mike. Got a ditch in my... I... Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> And the doctor was just putting away some instruments. Mike was there, too, with a gat in his hand, making sure that the doc would cooperate. Hello, Charlie. How do you feel? I, I don't know. What happened? The doc here just dug a slug out of your chest. Oh. How am I, how am I doing, doc? You'll be all right. Lucky you've got a good heart. Otherwise, you'd never have made it. What? Did you say my heart was good? That's right. But I don't get it. I, I thought I had a bad ticket. They told me I didn't have more than a few months to live. <laughs> With that heart, my friend, you can live to be a hundred. That is, if the police don't interfere. I spent three weeks late up after that in bed... And every day the boss would send me flowers, comic books, and all kinds of stuff. A real thoughtful guy, Angie. But I was thoughtful, too. There were some things I had to add up for myself. I had to find out whether I was living on borrowed time or not. As soon as I could walk, I made a beeline for Angie to Nellie's specialist, Doc Leonard. But I found out right away that Doc Leonard didn't live there anymore. A dentist was in the office instead. Then I looked up the superintendent. Yes, I'm in charge here. What can I do for you? If it's a bottle It isn't. I'm looking for Dr. Leonard. Dr. Leonard? Oh, the one that was in the dentist's office before. That's right. You know where he went? No, he didn't leave any forwarding address. It's a funny thing about him. Yeah? Why? Why, he paid us a month's rent in advance and moved in, equipment and everything. But he only stayed two days. 
Moved out at night. No notice, nothing. Just came and went. I see. Never could figure it out. That's the way it was. Sorry, I couldn't be a more help, mister. That's okay. You've told me enough. All I want to know. So that was it. I had the answer. I went home, took my old gun out of the drawer, slipped it into my shoulder holster. It felt good there. Just like old times. I was just putting on my hat and coat when the phone rang. Hello. Hello, Charlie. How do you feel? Fine, Angie. Fine. Funny thing you calling up just now. Yeah, why? I was just thinking of you. Where are you now? I'm over at my apartment. Uh, listen, kid, do you feel well enough to do a little job for me tonight? I feel fine, fine. Well, that's well. Drop over to my place right away. Okay, I'll be right over. And Angie. Yeah? Thanks for everything. The flowers and stuff. how a guy acts sometimes. I remember in the cab on the way over, I was like ice, cold inside and out. I should have been excited, but I wasn't. I came up to Angie's apartment and knocked on the door. Yeah, who is it? Me, Charlie. Oh, okay. Morning, Charlie. Yeah, thanks, thanks. Well, you're up and around, huh, kid? It's great, great. Yep, not that it makes much difference. You see, Angie, my six months is supposed to be up tomorrow. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. You know something, Angie? I feel fine, fine. And yet, I'm supposed to croak. Well, it's just like I said, kid. Maybe Doc Leonard was wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Maybe he was wrong, you know, made a mistake. Sure, sure. So, this afternoon, I went up to see him. You would... You did, huh? Yeah, yeah. And you know what, Angie? He doesn't live there anymore. No. In fact, he only set up practice there a couple of days. Kind of set me to wondering... Uh-huh. Wondering, uh, what? Whether this Doc Leonard wasn't a doctor after all, but just a phony. I, uh, I don't get it. Why, uh, why should he be? Suppose you tell me, Angie. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know what you mean. Oh? And suppose I tell you, Angie. This Doc Leonard was your boy. Between you, you framed me with this bad heart gag. You needed a gunster who could take chances, and I was your pigeon. Wait a minute, Charlie, I have something... It was easy, wasn't it, Danui? Talking a chump like me into it. When I thought I only had six months to go. You knew I wouldn't be afraid anymore. Sure. What could I lose? And so you got me to do your dirty work for you while you were somewhere else with an airtight alibi. And when the heat was turned on, you knew it'd be on me. (laughs) You're wrong, kid. You see... You were supposed to live six months. And that's all you're going to live. Don't do any reaching, Angie. Don't! You... You taught me how to use a gun, Angie. You should have just let me stay. Chicken Charlie Nicks. Yeah. Yeah, he... Got me in the belly with his first one. But I got him before he could repeat. There he is. Lying on his own rug, soaking in his blood. As for me, well, there ain't much I can do but wait. Somebody must have heard the shots, called the cops. 
Funny how I feel now, how different it is. When you think of it, if I'd stayed Chicken Charlie, I wouldn't be here now with a slug in my guts. Like the doc said, I could have lived to be maybe a hundred. Well, if it ain't old Chicken Charlie. Hello, copper. What did you call me? Why, we've been looking all over for you, Chicken, but... It looks like somebody saved the state some dough. Not yet. I've still got enough stuff to stay where you are. Don't come any close to you here. No? Why not, chicken? Because I'm a killer, that's why. Because I got nothing to live for anyway. Keep away from me, do you hear? Keep away from me. Oh, what? Give me that rod. Oh, stop, you can't. Sure I can, punk. Once a chicken, always a chicken. His eyes wide and incredulous, the hunched figure slips from the deep armchair, falls to the floor, next to the body of the man he killed. And somewhere in the distance, a clock in a church steeple starts chiming for... Murder at again when death is our unseen guest and the clocks strike 12 for murder at midnight the part of chicken charlie nix was played by bill quinn with music by charles paul murder at midnight is directed by anton m leader Uh, that's Murder at Midnight, May 17th, 1946, Trigger Man. That was um, starring Bill Quinn, right? Raymond Morgan doing the hosting on that show. Um, really wasn't like, um, kind of interesting, it wasn't really like a scary or supernatural show. It was more like a drama, straight drama. But... Um, but Murder at Midnight did have some really scary ones. That one wasn't as scary, although there was kind of a twist ending, though. Did you like that? Always. Yeah, I like the twist ending part. Um, okay, that's Murder at Midnight. Time now for this month in music history. All right, so we're going back to 1972 with this song. Oh, yeah. Superstition. Bye. This is... Um, Stevie Wonder? Stevie Wonder, ah, Superstition. Man. Released on his Bravagen 15th boy. album, Talking Book. And, uh, well, I don't know. This is uh, about superstitions and their negative effects. What do you think, Carl? Are you superstitious? Well, no, I'm not, really. No. no. Um, just because I don't walk under a ladder and won't wear 13 doesn't mean I'm not. You won't wear 13? I won't wear the number 13, no. 
well, why would you wear 13 anyway? On my base for my baseball. Oh, like, does anybody guys, wear that number? Yes. But you of, you'd say no, I, was I won't like, wear no, it. I'm not wearing 13. Do you no. feel differently on like Friday the 13th or No. No. Do you open an umbrella in the house or I don't know. Mm, no. I don't own an umbrella. You don't Do you? own an umbrella? Of course. I don't own an umbrella. I keep them in my car, I think, but I, I never have them when I need them. I think umbrellas <laughs> are like superfluous. You know, it's not, I never, you know, it's like. You know what? If you had a dog, you'd own an umbrella. You know, I don't have a dog. That's so. what I'm saying. So it makes sense. And I like dogs and stuff like that. Right. I had dogs growing up. I yeah. just don't have a dog no, now. It's, it's a necessity for a dog owner. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. Good to know. All right, I love this song, though. <laughs> Me too. All right. Jam it, Mike. There it is. Yeah. Did you ever tour with Stevie Wonder? No. Oh, that's I was too, too young. I was too young. Too young. Yeah. Well, those days are definitely over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be 60 this year, I Lisa. I know. This next month. Or yeah, in August. August. I'm 60. Yeah. My mom turned 80 today. Wow. Happy birthday. Today. Wow. Today's my buddy Alden's birthday, too. He's uh, 63 today. All right. So there you go. When we come back, it's more of Hollywood 360. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. So I don't know if my brother is listening or not, but... His favorite show is coming up next, Duffy's Tavern. That's in our next hour. Plus, we're going to play Name That Tune, right, Lisa? That's right. These are all Tina Turner songs, and they are very well-known songs. So if you are a fan of Tina Turner and a fan of Hollywood 360, this is the time for you to call in at 312-642-5600. We're looking for caller number 13. 312-642-5600. Give us a call. Lucky 13. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.